we've been trying to grow the sport of triathlon, we meaning the triathlon community, and also like trail running, and that community is blowing up. And so, and it's merging. The two are merging. Oh, and I love that. I love that. You know, Um, the triathletes are getting on the trails and uh, trail runners are getting in into wetsuits. And I think it's fabulous. Why? Why do I think it's fabulous? Because people are going after things in their life. They're setting a goal and they're showing up in whatever way that is. You know, I may show up differently than somebody else. Well, I, I will. And they'll show up differently than me. Um, but it's allowing people to see what is possible and test their limits. And that's amazing. So for me, like growth is great and that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow and expand. And so let go of how you think it should happen because that, because the only one that's suffering is you. Yeah. I think it's, it goes hand in hand with, um, longevity and health. And if you trash yourself running and chasing numbers in ultra running that you're not prepared for because you believe you need to run that in order to achieve success at the race, then you're increasing the possibility that the wear and tear in your body is really going to show up quickly and could be detrimental um, to race day. So we want to, so someone like you is in 30 miles. Yeah, we probably want to get to 35, maybe 40 once or twice, but your sweet spot is really 25 to 35 miles an hour, uh, miles an hour. That'd be awesome. <laughs> 25 to 35 miles a week and then riding 50 to hundred miles, um, in addition to that. So that's where your sweet spot is. It could be just different for somebody else. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I don't think, I know that cycling is super beneficial for the health and longevity of a, of an ultra runner. Hey, Yogi Triathlete community, we are Justin Beach, and welcome to the April O Show. This is our open and honest show where we just share. Sometimes you send us questions, most of the time you don't, and uh, we just share anyway. So thanks for tuning in. We do hear that uh, this is, some people say it's their favorite show. I know it's like my favorite because I get to spend time with you, Beach, like just an hour talking. I think that every couple should have a couple microphones, whether they publish it or not, but just to sit across from each other and have a conversation is its pretty special. It's really cool to take time out of your day to do that. And it's not surface talk, which I just can't stomach anymore. And um, yeah, so here we are. We've got some good topics to dive into today as we're always uh, ebbing and flowing with life. And I feel like right now we're in a flow. Are you in an ebb or a flow? I'm in flow. Are you? I'm in flow. <laughs> oh, baby. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, I feel flow. Yeah, I feel flow. I've already had – it's okay, so first of all, it's 9.30 in the morning, and we always record – we typically record this show on a Thursday after we've swam, and um, we're not drinking coffee. You do some afternoon coffee sometimes, but we've got a nice cup mm-hmm. of Costa Rican coffee. Um and it's 9.30 in the morning. And I've already had a day. I've already had like a full day. Up, and it's 9.30 in the morning. And it's just amazing. So I am also in flow. Well, what? why is it so important to mention the Costa Rican coffee? Okay, let's dive into <laughs> one of our topics. So I always love when, I mean, I love and then I secretly I'm like, oh, uh, when we have somebody in our community that asks us or me specifically, I won't speak for you, to walk their talk. So um, we are drinking Costa Rican coffee because uh, on May 4th, I leave for Liberia, Costa Rica, and then I'll be making my way down to the Nicoya Peninsula to host a yoga retreat at Blue Spirit, which is a retreat center in um, Nosara, Costa Rica, and I'll be there for one week. So the retreat is from the 7th to the 14th, but I'm meeting my co-hosts, Megan Layton and Valerie Griffiths, both who have been on the podcast. We have an amazing, amazing group of people. I think there's 20 of us, 20 or 21 of us total right now that are going to be on this retreat. And you know, we went last year and with just so many uncertain circumstances in the world, there was six, 
six guests we had, and then the three of us, we had nine of us, and we had such a special experience um, back then. I thought it was once in a lifetime, and I still think that it was just a once in a lifetime experience where we had the entire retreat center to ourselves because all the other retreats had canceled except for us. And we let our yes be yes. And that's really important. And, you know, it, it cost us money to go. And, and we were so blessed to be able to pay our way and, and just be in service, like truly just be in service. And, and of course there was great rewards with that. Just the experience we had was beyond what I could uh, have imagined. And now we're going back and we've got a pretty big group. And so that's cool. And you're going to be coming down too. So the retreat is over on the 14th. And then I had originally planned to stay until the 18th because I was feeling I was going to have an adventure. And I didn't know what that adventure was going to be. I thought it was maybe going to go down, uh, reach out to Jackson Foster, who we've had on the show, and go down to his permaculture fruit farm, which is was about five hours south of where I was going to be. But turns out it is going to be about five hours inland in San Jose, Costa Rica, where I am going to meet you. Um, I'll be going a day late, but we're going to be joining the Pura Vida Cycling Camp um, through Jennifer Volman and Dan Casey. And Jennifer has been a longtime listener and supporter of Yogi Triathlete. She's well known in the in the triathlon community, she's world champs qualifier and just she's a coach and uh, a wonderful, beautiful woman on the inside and out. I've gotten to know her pretty well over these last few months, and we are going to join them for this cycling camp, which is insane because it's so out of my league. It's so out of my league. So we are drinking Costa Rican coffee because we're getting prepped for Costa Rican coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of coffee. And I'll be racing St. George World Championships May 7th with Clark. Clark and I will be up there. So uh, if anybody wants to come and say hi, let us know. <laughs> Just look for Clark. Uh, but I'll be taking, I'll be coming home from that and then taking a flight to Costa Rica. So I'll, I mean, I'm not going to get much rest, probably three or four days. And then we'll be hitting this bike adventure, which. Looks pretty. The schedule is on the website. It looks really legit. Like some elevation climbing. Uh, I don't think any ride is shorter than fifty miles in or in under length. five thousand. <laughs> I think there's like a nine or ten thousand foot climb. There's day. one day that's ten thousand feet of climbing, and I think that's the day that I'll be traveling there. I'm like, pray to God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so far out of my comfort zone physically, I think um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like it's everything that I crave in life. And so, you know, the limitless part of me is like, oh yeah, here we go, adventure, you know, like can't wait to see what manifests. And the physical part, which is not our limitless part, right? Like the body is going to decay and all this other amazing things that happen to this temple that we live in, eventually it will crumble. Um, we'll see, you know, and I keep going back to Sally McRae that we had on the pod. Well, two podcast guests, her, Sally McRae, number one, who talks about like, so what if I go and I totally fail, right? What's, what's going to happen? You know, what, what happens? Like I've entertained some worst case scenarios. Like it sounds like the pitch of these climbs are, is insane. And you know, so what's the worst that happens? Like I can't unclip and I fall over. Okay. Well, I've done that before. Okay. Um, I don't, I'm not able to complete the ride. I have to get off the bike and walk, walk it up. Like, I don't know. I mean, so what I'm getting at with Sally was like, it, that's just my pride. That's just pride. So that's yeah, not how, a big deal. How it unfolds is really yeah. not part not any of our business. Yeah. It's going to serve up exactly what we need. And then the other podcast guest was Ashley Winchester that we I just had on. That one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And she was talking about like just setting goals that you're like, I don't know if I can do this. And it was almost in tandem where we're talking to Ashley and then had a phone call with Jennifer. And, you know, like we couldn't as she's as we're talking to her on Zoom, I'm just like, we can't say no. But we had to we had to just kind of marinate in the logistics and you know, come on, I'm already going to be in Costa Rica. I'm going to be in Costa Rica. And I had already planned to have an adventure. And then because I wasn't like putting down hard plans, the adventure came to me. It came and found me. 
<laughs> and then you're like roping me in. But I'm actually super stoked about it. I think it's a challenge. And Jennifer's going to be there with me in St. George Racing. So we're both going to be in the same pool of uncertainty as to how this is all going to uh, play out. And it's so horrible because my ego just wants you guys to be exhausted <laughs> to level the playing field. Because I think there's like pro cyclists that go on this thing. It's just going to be, it's going to be comical yeah. and empowering and challenging and rewarding and community. And, uh, you know, originally you were going to come on this retreat. Originally you were going to come the to Costa Rica. Yeah. Originally yep. you were going to come to Costa Rica. And then when St. George was announced, you were like, oh, I want to do it. So, of course, you you do it, right? I'm not going to be like, you have to come to the yoga retreat. Um, but there was that. There was this part of me that was like, oh, that was so weird. I really thought you were going to be in Costa Rica with me. It was like when we, when we bought that house in Newport and we were negotiating the deal and we gave them our best and final and they didn't accept it and we had to walk away. And I was like, that's so weird because I really thought felt like that was our house. And then they ended up coming back to us a couple days later and was like, we accept your deal. And I was like, that's what I was feeling. And so I had been feeling that you were going to be in Costa Rica with me and and then just, you know, letting that go, obviously, but being like, that's so weird. I really thought he was going to be there. And now you're going to be in Costa Rica with me. <laughs> so it's funny fun. how it all, all just plays out. And But you can feel, or at least I'll speak for myself, where I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I'm... Coming off a big spring already, I'm doing an Ironman, and now I'm going to go into like it's no easy bike tour. Like I'm going to be climbing a lot. <laughs> My legs are going to be toast. They're going to be fit for sure, but they're going to be toast. Uh, or who knows? We'll see in that experience. But I, I felt that like, ah, do I really need to go? Like, what, what is this all about? And then it, it quickly turns to curi- curiosity of like, you know, can is this something I can do? Because if there's a if there's a, a little ounce of of doubt that. Oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. Then that really attracts me. That really attracts me. I want to be in that and be in that experience. But I don't have any any trepidation as to what happens during the tour. Like if I can't do a ride, that's fine. I'm totally cool with it. Or if I can do the ride, great. Or if I need to walk or sit out a day, I'm totally cool with it. Like to me, that my relationship with it is like, we'll just see what happens day after day. I have no agenda or no no tight grip on on the agenda. I just want to have an experience and be in uh, Costa Rica, which I've never been to before. And let's loop it back around. I want to be drinking a lot of Costa Rican coffee, oh like God, lots so of coffee. So I actually might fuel with coffee in my water bottles. There you go. I might want to give that a try. <laughs> if anybody's done that, let me know. <laughs> be sipping through a sippy goo water bottle with uh, coffee. In it. Oh, and I have a feeling we'll be going to be drinking coconut water right mm. out of the coconut. Fruit, and lots of fruit. Yeah, lots of fruit. And yeah, so I'm so excited to yeah. share this experience with you. You know, when I went to Costa Rica last year, we had always, we've always had a dream of living kind of like in this jungle environment. We always thought it was Kauai, but I have to tell you, when I went to Costa Rica last year, I was like, oh, maybe it's this jungle. And now you're going to have an opportunity to be in that jungle. We won't be by the coast, but you know, we live by the ocean. And I, and I don't I don't feel this is the only time I'll be down there. No, no, I um, don't either. Back to your retreat is is it totally sold out? So if somebody wanted to get in on no, well, yes and no. So yes, it is. All the rooms are full, but we have an opportunity for one shared room. So there's a woman who got a room that comes with two beds. And after she booked it, she was like, you know, I'm totally open to having somebody come. So there is an opportunity for a shared room. It's an eco cottage, um, which are these super cool cottages in the jungle. Like, de- like they're definitely like in the middle of the jungle. I mean, the, all of them are, but like, it, they're really, really cool. They have, and Val and I were touring around there last year, just discovering, getting the lay of the land for this year. And, um, the ones that I saw all came with private bathrooms and they're, it's super affordable. I think these eco cottages are really affordable. And so you can, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but also that is linked up in my Instagram bio, the link in the bio. And, um, you can just look at that. It will say sold out on the website, but you just reach out to us because there is somebody who's looking to share a room. And then the other thing is that, you know, if somebody wants to go, they don't want to share a room, 
just let us know and we'll ask Blue Spirit if they have a room. Because every time we check in with them, because this has happened a couple times now, we literally just signed another person on because they were like, I want to come, but you guys are sold out. So we asked Blue Spirit and they were like, yeah, we have this room. And they were like, perfect, I'll take it. So there's always a way. And um, And if Costa Rica doesn't work out, you've got the retreat in Maui. Maui. So if you're like, Mm. oh, I want to participate in in this retreat or be with um, Valerie, Meg, and Jess, like be in that experience and, and just trying to force it into, you know, this this timeline and it's not working. Like think about October um, when we go to Maui. So I'll be, because we're going to Maui, the retreat's before Kona World Championships. So you'll be down there. I'll come down and meet you. No, we're flying together. Yeah, we're flying together to Maui. You're going to be doing the retreat. I'm going to stay there for a few days and train. And then I'm going to head over to the island a little bit early before you uh, over to Kona, and uh, and you're going to be finishing up the retreat, and then and then coming over. So think about that. Think about going to Maui. I think that'd be pretty cool. And then come and spectate and watch the Ironman World Championships, which for the first time there'll be, you know, two separate days. So this is really why I requested um, with the other ladies to have this retreat so close to Kona because it's ideal. You guys come on the retreat starts. Starts on um, September 28th. We've made it a little bit shorter. Uh, it's five nights, I believe, five nights, six days. And um, at Lumeria Retreat Center, which is on the North Shore near Paella, it's a little bit, it's about three miles inland from Paella. And um, come on the retreat and then hop a plane over to Kona and come spectate the world championship. So that's kind of was my vision uh, for this retreat to do a, to allow athletes to come and have this retreat experience and then hop over and spectate Kona and, you know, just invest in that type of adventure for yourself. Just... Yeah. And being the energy. Because you're worth it. Oh, my God. You're so worth it. And, you know, this, like, doing this cycling camp and, you know, it it involves some logistics. I had to change the airport of where I'm departing. I had to extend it another day. I need to get transport from, you know, Nosara into San Jose. So there's, like, logistics that need to be there. But that was absolutely zero reason to say no to this. And, um, also like just live now that is so in the forefront of my mind. And that is a legacy that our friend Mary has left for me that I think about all the time. You know, our friend who passed in February of 2021, like live now, live now. Don't, oh, I'll do it in the future. Oh, I can't do it because I've got this barbecue or this, you know, baptism. Like, do (laughs) what you want to do in this life. Fulfill your desires. It is why you are here. And our ability to manifest is a gift from the universe to ensure that we have fun along the way because there's so much challenge in this life. So if this is something that speaks to you, they're like, oh my God, I could do this yoga retreat and then I could go to the world championship. Like what? Like that's going to cost money. I'm going to have to take time off from work. I'm going to have to get dog care or kid care or whatever care. Don't let the logistics dictate your answer. Um, Live now, you know, live now. And so that's just one of the beautiful legacies that our friend has left for me that I think about often. And that was a factor that went into this, deciding to go to this camp because it's totally out of my league. Yeah, there was some logistics, a little bit of money to change the flight. Um, you know, we got to take get somebody to take care of Clark. Yeah, Clark is with us um, most often. So it's and I, and I just had her in my mind, like you know how she would get so uh, like go. Yeah, I could just see her with like the big eye, like her eyes getting big, like go. And what would I say to somebody that came to me and said, "Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about going to the cycling camps. Totally out of my league. It's gonna cost. Gonna do logistics. Gonna cost a little bit. Blah 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 blah." I'd be like, "Go." Go. So how can I say go to somebody else and say no to myself? Yeah, really. I can't do that. You said at the beginning, like asks us to walk our, yeah, walk the walk. Yeah. So, so how is my coach, um, how is my training 
shifted for this. I've got an ultra in two weeks and then I've got this cycling camp and I had been, I had been riding, uh, full disclosure, I'd been riding like, I don't know, 11 to 20 miles a week. But what were you doing but, instead of? Well, running. Oh, and swimming. And swimming, right. It was right. a huge swim block, right. yeah. But I think that's an important, important piece to cover here because you dove right into swimming because you were having some sensation with your feet. So the running was a little bit down. So you were swimming a lot and you were feeling really good swimming. You were feeling really good. And then you got to the point of like, oh, I'm swimming X amount of yardage every week. This is really good. Like I'm feeling stronger in the pool. Um, and so then, then things start to shift. This comes up and then all of a sudden now that number is challenged. Oh, well, now I'm actually not hitting the swimming numbers I was hitting before. And so this is how you stay in flow. And even we have moments like this. So it's not to say you're not going to be able to swim. So it's not all or nothing. It's not 11,000 yards every week or zero. It's 11,000 yards a week for a block. And then maybe now it's more like six to 8,000. And then embracing that, knowing that you can always bump back up or, or, or even go beyond that. But the focus is going to shift because we've got the cycling tour. So now you need to get some elevation. Now you need to start climbing, get on the bike. We have punchy climbs right, right by here. So it's like climbing up and down, up and down. I have no, no hesitation that you're going to be fit. The fitness is there. It's that muscle endurance to actually turn over the pedals and crank for a long time going up, you know, steep grades or semi-steep grades. Not everything is going to be super steep, but it's just the climbing muscles, engaging them. And we have plenty of plenty time, plenty of time to uh, really let that soak in the body and, and become stronger at, at riding hills and it, still running because you've got the 50K. And so, and so how does that... So yeah, so I had this moment where I felt the clinging to the the yardage number and I was out on a bike and I was doing hill repeats and it was like I would in order for me to to chase the number I wanted to chase in the pool, I would have to cut my bike short. And I would the choice was to let go of the yardage in the pool and stay on the bike. But you still made it to the pool. That day I chose not oh. to. Oh, I yesterday. Stayed on the bike. It was yesterday you did. Oh yeah. 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 No. So I've already like that's that in that moment, I let go of it and I've been fine ever since as far as letting my mileage go. So, so how does biking more? Cause I went from like 11 miles a week. Now I'm biking 80 to a hundred miles a week and, you know, running probably 30 miles a week, walking another 10 miles a week. Um, how is this biking going to benefit my ultra running? No, oh, it's just going to make you stronger. It's going to keep you healthy because you're not doing uh, an enormous amount of um, additional pounding on the legs. You're getting just what you need. Like looking at your plan, looking at what you're running, doing hill repeats, getting long trail runs. You're doing what you need to do, but you're supplementing it with things that are going to allow you to, to show up at the start line healthy and without any major niggles in the body. Uh, and that's swimming and cycling. So you can gain a lot of fitness, a lot of fitness and strength from riding the bike. And I think... I don't think uh, it's just it is becoming more prominent in the ultra running community. If you look at uh, Walmsley um, and um, who's Ashley's husband, uh, Jason. Jason, you know he's a triathlete. He did Oceanside this weekend, so I'm sure he's incorporating cycling into his FKT attempts. And it really keeps you healthy and and strong and continually training. I think I think. Um, it's the perfect complement to, to ultra running. And that's not to say you can't ebb and flow and be able to bump your 30 miles a week up to 40 miles a week or maybe even 45. But you're always going to be supplementing some weekly mileage with cycling because it's lower impact on the body. You're, you're using the, obviously, the torque of the, of the pedals on the, or the, the crank arms on the bike to, to move you up. And so, yeah, I think it's, it goes hand in hand with, um, longevity and health. And if you trash yourself running and chasing numbers in ultra running that you're not prepared for because you believe you need to run that in order to achieve success at the race, then you're increasing the possibility that the wear and tear in your body is really going to show up quickly and could be detrimental um, to race day. So we want to so someone like you is in 30 miles, yeah, we probably want to get to 35, maybe 40 once or twice, but your sweet spot is really 25 to 35 miles an hour. Uh, miles an hour. That'd be awesome. 
<laughs> 25 to 35 miles a week and then riding 50 to 100 miles um, in addition to that. So that's where your sweet spot is. It could be just different for somebody else. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I don't think, I know that cycling is super beneficial for the health and longevity of, a, of an ultra runner. Yeah, I think those are my sweet spots right now at 50 years old, just right now in this block. That's kind of where my sweet spot is. So, yeah, so you better believe that um, I got up Palomar and I'm going back to Palomar maybe next week and try and get up Palomar again uh, before we go to Costa Rica. But, yeah, we've got some amazing little punchy climbs all around here with some pretty good grades and just up, down, up, down. Like I'm just everything is a hill for me right now. And it's fun. I feel strong. I feel strong. All right, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. <clears throat> so this next topic was sparked by, I think you said Talbot, Talbot Cox had posted something about Iron Man getting soft. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the question posed was, is Iron Man getting soft? So can you kind of set the stage for what it was that he was talking about? Um, as we have runners and things that listen to run runners and people who listen to this podcast that might not understand what that means. Yeah. And I guess I should have looked at this, uh, more, more, you know, accurately, but I believe South Africa this past weekend, Ironman and the 70.3, the swims were canceled for whatever reason. I don't know why they were canceled. I'm assuming it was the, obviously the, the conditions in the water, so I think in his he had a photo of it, I believe, and it was like his Iron Man, you know, what what's the deal with Iron Man? Are they getting a little too, you know, soft in the way that they um they judge or or categorize what is a, a challenging swim and what isn't. Um and I think that played into what happened this weekend too at Oceanside, uh, where they brought the ocean back to Oceanside. And this is the third time they've done it now in the ocean, uh, where they were doing it in the harbor. And I think there were some comments on this weekend too at Oceanside as to whether the swim should have happened or not, just because of the uh, the height of the waves. And I experienced it myself; I participated in it. But if, let's take it at a high level and, and look at you know how, where Ironman has come, you know, and what their I think what their aim is, right? And that's inclusion, and that's to get as many people as they can into the into the sport of Ironman. And with that, there's probably going to be a, dil- a diluting factor into the type of race courses that they bring onto the onto the circuit. So whereas before, let's, you know, we'll go back. Uh, I know we talk about not going back, but the mass starts, you know, getting 3,000 people lined up and you participated in one at Lake Placid, right? One of the last ones. Yeah, that um, was the la- that was the year that they had announced it. And so I got the last, so I had two Two of the four Ironmans I did were were mass starts, which I loved. Um, but that was my perspective, right? And I think Ironman was was created to challenge people to do something they 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 don't fu- know if they could. Do. They don't know if they can do. <laughs> Chall- you know, anything is possible. Um, however, I think there's an element there where there's um, this respect for the unknown respect for the unknown type of challenge that Ironman is and to do your due diligence in your training for it. So to not just show up and at a race that's an open water swim and not have any open water swim practice or, um, you know, showing up for a hilly bike, not being able to climb any hills, um, or running (laughs) because you haven't, you know, run further than three or four miles. Like there's, there's things that, as a coach, you know, I would really love to see from athletes, you know, tick the boxes on to, to, to begin to feel what it's like to go for 10, 12, 17 hours out there at an Ironman. And so back to what Talbot was saying was, uh, you know, to, to open this up to massive participation, something has to give, something has to, how are you going to get more people? Um, and, and I guess you're getting on the fringe of the people that are haven't pulled the trigger yet. They're kind of like, they want to do it, but they haven't yet decided to do one. And so there's a massive amount of people out here because you're intrigued by the unknown, intrigued by this event that everybody, you know, puts the the Iron Man logo tattoo on their body. Um, and they see it and they're like, oh, well, that's, that's pretty cool. I want to participate in that, but I can't swim. Or, but I can't do 
an open water swim. And so what Ironman, this is just my take on it. Ironman has, you know, created courses that are a little bit more easeful and more accepting for athletes to come in. Something with a flat river, you know, you're seeing a lot of river swims being added to the 70.3 distance. Um, and of course, lakes and, and rarely um, any oceans, uh, ocean swims, because they're challenging. And Ironman is meant to be challenging. It's meant to challenge you. Um, and that doesn't mean you show up on race day and be challenged. It means you wake up in the morning and you have a swim on the workout and you're like, ah, I don't, it's cold out. I don't really feel like swimming. I'd rather stay in bed and hit snooze. That's the challenge to get you to Ironman. That's the challenge. That's it right there. This is where it begins. It doesn't begin when you get to race morning and you see the waves um, and the chop out there and you're like, oh boy, what did I get myself into? And so I think it's a, it's a valid question Talbot's asking, like what, what's going on in the sport? What's happening? What's happening with participation? And I don't know any of the numbers behind the scenes, but what's happening with, um, what I see is athletes get to a challenging race like Oceanside or South Africa and, and, uh, and they're almost hoping that the governing body will say on that day, the race directors will say like, no, we're going to cancel the swim because it's just too too challenging. So who dictates who, how challenging it is? You know, you put somebody like Sabrina in charge of that. Sabrina, um, the swim is probably not going to be canceled. She is an open water swimmer. She's been on the podcast twice now. Yeah, she's the race director for, race director for Oceanside. Oceanside. Yeah, she's a marathon swimmer. Marathon swimmer. She's, so she's, she's not the race director to <laughs> complain about water temperatures or chop. Yeah, and that's not to say like she would not Take in the safety. And it certainly, yeah, it certainly yeah. doesn't mean she wants anybody to get hurt out there. But she so. understands what goes into preparing yourself to to go after challenging swims or yeah. challenging courses. So she's a very disciplined athlete. Very disciplined. So it starts with your commitment to the training to get yourself prepared for race day. Um, and so I think that's what Talbot's getting at is like how like where do we draw the line? Who's making these decisions as to what's a challenging swim and what isn't? Um, if you're talking the pro field, they absolutely want to swim um, in open water. Um, always they want the swim in there because it, it's a triathlon. They want the swim, bike, and run. Um, obviously, when you take out the swim element, which gives you know benefit to the swimmers out there, and you remove it, then you, we're talking about a duathlon you know, cycling and running. So I think it's a, it's a valid, it's a valid point. I, I think we've talked about it in years past, but what do you think? What do you think uh, Talbot was, uh, was, was getting at? Yeah, I, I think that's what he's talking about. Like Iron Man was, you know, had back in the day was up glory days up like this high level. The bar was really high. And when we would sign up for these races it was like you were locked in. I remember feeling like nauseous the first time I signed up for one because it was like not doing the training, not showing up for my decision to sign up was a non-negotiable. I knew it was going to be a mass start like, and it would sell out in minutes. So there was this huge high demand for it and there was very few people who had done it in the world. And I knew it was going to be a, a very tough day. And I knew that um, I was going to have to do a lot of physical and mental transformation in order to get to that starting line and most certainly uh, to get to the finish line. And there's a lot of ego, I think, involved too, right? So like when I finished, it was like, I kind of just put myself up on that pedestal too. Like my ego was kind of like, oh yeah, I did an Ironman, blah, blah, blah. And I remember people would ask me, you know, are you going to get the tattoo? And I was like, no, I'll just, I'll pull out that information when I need it, right? Like when I was going to one-up somebody. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, and when they first announced that they were going to start adjusting the swim and they launched their whole swim safe program, I was off the rails mad. I was angry. I was judgmental. I was, the fact that they were getting rid of the mass starts was such a personal offense to me. I, cause I thought if you can't, there's, this is my mindset back then, full transparency was like, if you can't do a mass start, then you shouldn't be signing up for this race. End of conversation. And so 
I wasn't looking at the bigger scope, which is Iron Man's a business. And so what do we do as, as business owners or people who work for companies? You want to grow the business. So I remember I had, you know, that experience of being angry and I don't know, it was maybe I, you know, I was big, like, you know, Iron Man's wussifying the event and I was on that train and everything. And, um, then I began to expand and open my mind and I realized like Iron Man's a business and they have every right to expand their business. And how are they going to expand their business? They need to make the race more accessible to people. And swimming is, I don't know why, but swimming's got that thing of like, you know, oh, I could totally do a triathlon, but I can't swim. And then even when they do, people do sign up, there's so much drama around the pool. Oh, couldn't get to the pool, didn't get to the pool, too much time to get to the pool, the pool, I don't want to go to the pool. Like, I don't know what the resistance is around the pool, but there's a lot of resistance around the pool. And so anyway, um... Yeah, so Iron Man, I realize, has this right to expand their business and make it more accessible. And as they're making it more accessible, they're making the swim more, quote unquote, comfortable. But there's nothing comfortable about swimming 2.4 miles. There's nothing comfortable about riding 112 miles. And there's nothing comfortable about running a marathon, let alone doing those three things in one day. So there's nothing about the distance that's easy or has been wussified or soft. But as you expand and you become more inclusive, you're going to start pulling from the ends that maybe hadn't been pulled from before, right? So you're going to get people who have um, unrealistic desires. They see their neighbor has done it. They're like, ooh, I want to do it. So they sign up and the idea is really inspiring and empowering for them, but they don't have the will to get the training done. So it creates actually a lot of stress and anxiety in their life, whether they're conscious of it or not conscious of it. But it's one of the desires is like an unrealistic desire where, oh, I'm going to join this team and I'm going to be in this community, but they're not showing up to do the work. It's an unrealistic desire. But now we're pulling that into this, um, this environment, this community, this Ironman community. So at the end of the day, it's like we can fight it or not fight it. So we can have a judgment if it's getting soft. We can have a judgment about people who are super disciplined and training. And we can have a judgment about people who are inconsistent or who are hoping and praying that the swim gets canceled. We can have judgments about all of that. We can fight it or we can not fight it. And so for me, it's, you know, as somebody who's coming back now into Ironman, I haven't done one since 2017, I'll be doing a 70.3. And even that, like you never called a 70.3 Ironman and Ironman was 140.6 miles. So now, so, but I'm coming back to the half Ironman distance and I'm going to go and I'm going to be as trained as I can be, I'm going to be as healthy as I can be, and I'm going to be as competitive as I'm going to be. And I'm doing Oregon as the first one. And, you know, I said to you, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a fast swim because it's downriver, but that's not why I want it to be a fast swim. So if that's going to make it double my time, like doubly fast, I want it to be triply fast because I'm going to put time in the pool and I want to be a better swimmer when I show up. I'm not relying on the current to get me a better time. And some people are, and that's fine. I can judge that and I can fight that, or I can say that's for them and this is for me. So um, I think it's a conversation piece, uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's fight or flow with it either way. And I, did, I used to fight it and judge it and think that I was better than or less than, you know, some people are, but now... Yeah, they have a right to expand their business. And if you're going to expand your business, you're going to invite in different people with different perspectives and different minds and strong minds and weak minds. And you can have a super fast race and not have a strong mind. You know, you can have a super slow race and have a strong mind. So I don't know. I just don't, I think it's, you know, it's like until you walk in somebody else's shoes and it's not for me to say what Iron Man should or shouldn't do. Right. You have it. You have the option. No one's forcing you to sign up for an Ironman. You have the option to sign up for it. Like that is, they click the button to pay it. 
you sign up for the Ironman. There's nobody forcing you to do it. So Ironman is doing nothing wrong. They're doing nothing wrong. They're a business. I love that. They're a business. And they've even taken it so far as this whole deferral, the whole deferral thing that happened. And I know that's saved for um, another day. (laughs) But the whole deferral thing, like, oh, I can train, but if I'm not fit enough, I can actually defer it to to the next year. And then, oh, well, it didn't work out this year. I can defer it. And so now we've gotten into this deferral um, mindset, which is fine because that's what they can do as a business. Well, and, you know, if I look at it from a spiritual perspective, like Iron Man is giving people the opportunity to prolong their negative karma of delaying things in their life or say, I'm not going to defer it. No, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what I came here to do, what I signed up to do. So, you know, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that most people don't have a strong enough mind. So they are saying like, oh, well, I'll do it. And then, you know, I've got this out. I've I've got got an out. Right. So I say, I say, don't buy the insurance that says you can change the date. Why would you set yourself up for that? You know, <laughs> why right. would you set yourself right. up for that? It's not like if when you get married, okay, let's take it like when you asked me to get married and we said, okay, we're going to get married on November 29th, but let's just book another date just in case we decide not to get married. Or on the 29th. even better. <laughs> I've got another woman over here, which right. if it doesn't work out for us, I've got one waiting yeah, just, in, just sh- in case you should definitely things have, don't work out, I'll marry her. Yeah, for sure. You should have a right. backup. Right. Yeah, I think that'd be but, good. Uh, it just sparks, uh, I used to sign up for races. I used to sign up for a race and then have backup races. Remember, I would be like, I'm going to sign up for this Ironman. And if I don't get qualified, I have two more Ironmans to qualify at. So it was like, okay, well. So you're paying for doubt. I'm paying for doubt. I'm paying that I'm probably not going to qualify. But not to talk about Oceanside, but I, you know, Oceanside this past year, I'm like, I'm going to qualify. I want one and done. I want to get to that race. I'm going to qualify. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's, how it's all going to pan out, but this is the one race I'm focused on. I'm not signed up for another 70.3 to qualify for Worlds in St. George's this year. This is it. Like, I'll just deal with this one. And so I put it all into this one and it happened. Not how I wanted it to happen or not, you know, how I anticipated it or expected it, but it happened because I knew it would happen. And so this is the shift in mindset of like, be all in, like give yourself the shot, give yourself a chance. And when we're talking about this Ironman, you know, is it getting soft and bringing in all these athletes? Well, this is why there's coaches and, and businesses out there that will help you train your, your mindset. So if you have a belief that you can achieve it, we're not saying you can't achieve it because you haven't trained for the ocean swim. We're saying, Great, awesome. Now you've signed up for the race. Let's work on that belief um, and and mindset and habits that you've created in your life that are creating doubt and fear and and unworthiness. And let's begin to shift that so we can get that iron mindset where we're like, okay, now we're starting to work with the the water. How can I how can I become comfortable in the water? What are the things I can do every um, every day that are strengthening? the mind to believe that this is going to be achievable. And that's where the connection happens. It's not like you can't do it. You're, you know, Ironman's getting soft and you're hoping the swim can't be canceled. Let's just, you know, wash our hands of it and you'll just show up on race day and hope that it's canceled. We want to work with people like that. And we're not the only business out there. There's, there's other businesses. So we're saying, yeah, if you feel you can do it, you can do it. And we can help you work on that belief system that will continue to move you forward so that you are sound and solid when you get to that swim start and you see the chop on the waves and you're like, I can get through this. I can do it. Yeah. And you know, for so many years, we were talking about, oh, the growth of the sport, the growth of the sport, the growth of the sport. And I think we're seeing this with ultra hey, running too. Growing. The growth of the sport, the growth of the sport. Oh, but I don't like the way it's growing. Right. I don't like that. But not this I way. I don't like that person that didn't do the training. I don't like this group of, I don't like these triathletes running on my trails now. Right? Like, if you want the, like, we've been trying to grow the sport of triathlon, we meaning the triathlon community, and also like trail running and that community is blowing up. And so. And it's merging. The two are merging. Oh, and I love that. I love that. You know, Um, the triathletes are getting on the trails and uh, trail runners are getting into wetsuits. And I think it's fabulous. Why? Why do I think it's fabulous? Because 
people are going after things in their life. They're setting a goal and they're showing up in whatever way that is. You know, I may show up differently than somebody else. Well, I, I will, and they'll show up differently than me. Um, but it's allowing people to see what is possible and test their limits. And that's amazing. So for me, like growth is great and that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow and expand. And so let go of how you think it should happen because that, because the only one that's suffering is you, right? If I fight, like if I show up to a race and the swim's canceled, I am going to have that moment of like, oh, like when we went last night and got, they did, we're out of guacamole at the restaurant. We were going like, just for the guacamole <laughs> chips. Well, the burritos are good too, but we were like guacamole <laughs> chips. This is what we want. And there was no guacamole and it was like, oh, okay. This is not a problem, right? If the swim gets canceled, this is not a problem. It's not a problem. I got to release the resistance and move forward. Right, because the only one that's suffering when I fight is me, and I don't want to suffer. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to live now, and I want to live as fully as I can. So, and uh, yeah, so we're here to grow and expand. I love the crossover. I love what's happening, and the only thing that I'm responsible for is how I show up, how I train, how I prepare myself, how I get out of bed in the morning when the alarm goes off. That's the only thing that matters. Is is what I'm doing. And if there's something that I see in somebody else that's unacceptable, I need to look at where that is within me because they're just reflecting me. Yeah. And, and what's beautiful about this Ironman uh, business is that Mike Riley, you know, is, is seen as the voice of Ironman. That's his very uh, clear, unique message is when you go out there on race day, you have one thing that you have control over and that is how you react throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only thing. How you react to all the challenges and, and uh, resistance to anything that, that comes up. That You can control you. You can't control somebody else. And I think that's really, he, he's honed that message in and, and really like been very clear with that. And I, I, I love that. So yeah, I think, I think it all points the finger back at us. How can we, uh, how can we uh, self-regulate ourselves? Yeah. Which is training the mind. Like we need to control the mind. What was Bob saying yesterday? Like hold every thought captive. Hold every thought captive. And use only the ones that are going to drive you forward to what it is that you desire to realize in this life. That's it. And that is a strong, well-trained mind. Mm -hmm. And it's a a practice. (laughs) Um, you know, we can't be fighting Iron Man and think that we don't have fight anywhere else in our life. Like fight is fight. Right. So whatever, if you're moving from resistance, you're going to have more resistance. If you want to realize something amazing in your life, but you're fighting things or complaining or, or pointing the finger at people, it's going to be it's going to be a road for you to realize that wonderful thing that you desire so much when really you could just train your mind and just focus on the wonderful thing and, and call it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you guys, you, you don't have to sign up for Ironman. If you don't like what's happening with Ironman, there's plenty of other organizations out there and, and maybe it's just the swim, bike, and run that you like. And there's plenty of opportunities for that. Well, and the cool thing is, is that we never thought that there'd ever be, um, well, yeah, I could say that. Like there was a time where we're like, nothing is ever going to touch Iron Man. And now there's plenty of things that are touching Iron Man. So yeah, you don't have to sign up for that. No, you don't. Race you can do. And you can do Ultraman. Uh, you can do extreme triathlons. You can do a hundred mile race. You can do um, a 5K. You can do other things. You can do so, Spartan. You so if you do. don't like what's happening and right. you're not willing to release that fight, then go do something that, that you enjoy. Just go do something that you enjoy. So, yeah. That was All right. What's juicy. next? Um, well, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, taper. Hmm. You want to dive into that? Well, I guess the the one piece that I wanted to just dive into is that, and I saw it a lot through posts on Instagram leading into Oceanside, people talking about how they hate taper. <laughs> how they always get, you know, panicked and anxious. Um, They don't sleep well. They're this and that. And, you know, I just, along the lines of training the mind, like 
you don't have to sentence yourself to that kind of experience. you can change your mindset. And the first thing is to just notice where you are with it and make a decision to not stay the same. Because what happens is when we're feeling all that kind of strong emotion, like anxiousness, and there's nothing wrong with it, but you have a choice to stay there or not stay there, right? You can start to practice where you can be in charge of your mind. Your emotions will follow. Um, is that is emotion. We were talking about this yesterday with Bob too, is like we're emoting. It's energy moving out. It's energy moving out. So what is that doing to your race day capacity? It's, it's draining your energy for race day. So it's a bigger conversation than just like, oh, I hate hate taper. I get really anxious. And like, for somebody who really wants to excel at their sport, I would I would recommend, I would encourage and empower you to look at that and understand that that doesn't have to be your story, that you can change that. You say that all the time, BJ, like you can write your story, that understand that if you have emotion that leaves you feeling subpar, that you are emoting, you're draining your energy and there are very simple tools and techniques that you can use. And I would say start with the Awake Athlete podcast um, to begin to neutralize the thoughts, which is going to help to neutralize emotions, start to practice being in charge of where your focus is. And you can begin to move your life in a way where it doesn't have to be high and low, right? Like it's this middle road of pure power. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Um, And we can dive into it deeper if anyone has questions, because I know we were talking about like, is there a time that you wouldn't taper? Do you want to touch upon that? Yeah. I first want to just address what you were saying in that week of taper and it gets such a bad, and it could be two weeks of taper. It gets such a bad rap. And I think most athletes most athletes will train and they're doing their training daily and they're, they're engaged. But then that week comes up or two weeks come up and then everything begins to get less and less and less, you know, duration, maybe a little bit more intensity. And then they've got all this time. And so the mind, an untrained mind is, is not as occupied as it, as it was before. If you're training 15, 20 hours a week and then you go down to eight to 10, well, what are you doing with those other hours? The mind's going to start to create things. Um, going to create doubt. Like, did you get in enough open water swimming? And practice, right? This is exactly what happens. Because, but it's okay because you've got the insurance. Right, so you can yeah, you can now. defer. Uh, <laughs> Only kidding. But, but this, is the, this is crunch time. Everything is packed into these last five to seven days. And of course, things are going to be accelerated. Of course, they are. You're getting to the final tippy pinpoint top of, of, of your training and fitness um, going into your big race. So if, if things are... Anything is questionable because it, you always wait to do things into that final week, right? And I think this is what you're addressing. If you don't, if you notice things are happening every time, you're getting panic, anxiousness, through, you don't like taper going into a race, change it. If you keep doing the same thing, the same thing is going to keep happening. So if you pull my experience, I know I don't sleep well the night before. So what do I have control of? Well, there's a possibility my sleep could be okay, but let's ensure I get enough sleep in the two to three weeks leading into race week so that I'm not banking on that one night before the race to get good rest. Let's do all the things. And so when you have an acceptance and not a resistance to that restless sleep and, um, and you're, you know, firsthand cause I toss and turn or I'll have to go downstairs and, you know, sleep. sleep. I don't know what happened. I'm like out when I yeah, sleep. Yeah, you're out. So, <laughs> but, but I've accepted it. I don't resist it. I accept, okay, most likely the night before is going to be restless. So if I go to bed at eight and then, you know, I toss and turn and I'm, I'm not, my eyes are wide open at two in the morning, that's okay. By three, three thirty, I'm up. I need to eat breakfast and I just move on with my process going into race morning. I'm not resistant to the fact that I didn't get my seven hours of sleep. My, the mind knows that I got rest really, really good on Saturday and Sunday before the race week, and then Monday maybe a little bit, and then Tuesday and Wednesday, oh, really good sleep. So I'm banking sleep 
and not allowing fatigue to rise up and, and restlessness and anxiousness to really get its grips on me. So I think there's things that you can look at that you don't need to repeat all the time. And I think this is what you were talking about was be awake to this, like be awake to how you're feeling going into a race, write it down to the things that you did and then begin to change them so that when you get to taper, it's more of an enjoyable experience because that's where that's where you're actually resting the body a little bit more and you're getting fitter and fitter and fitter so that you can be, uh, you can be at your best come race day. Well, and I think that taper is, uh, is like meditation, especially when you first begin, it shows you what's brewing under the surface. So when you have that downturn in the amount of hours that you're training, you've got more time on your hands, you're going to start to see what is normally getting processed through movement. Um, but yeah, you can, uh, you can notice it, you can feel it, and you can decide that you're going to start to lean into something maybe that you desire more, or you're going to decide that you're actually pretty good where you are. You don't mind the panic or the anxiety. You're, and you just stay there. Like it doesn't, there's no, there's no right or wrong or anything like that. Um, as somebody who has lived those types of feelings to a point of passing out, um, yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted a, I wanted a better way to live and, and I'm living it. And, um, so I do get passionate about it because you can change it, you know, um, it doesn't have to be my anxiety. You don't need to, the it doesn't need to become right. a part of your identity. Uh, uh, but, yeah. but to address the question of whether someone needs to taper or not, we have a few athletes who don't need to taper right now because they've been working through injury or, you know, uh, challenging work and life schedules. And now things have opened up a little bit. So we're not going to taper. We're going to build fitness right into race day. And it doesn't mean they're going to do a six hour run before their 50 miler the next day. What it means is, yeah, we're going to keep keep the system cooking, keep building momentum because momentum is everything. Momentum is is what we want to really focus on um, because the mind is going to remember the last few things it did. It's going to recall most recently what's in its bank. <laughs> if you can see Clark here, he is so, so comfortable. He's on his back and his <laughs> belly's up in the air. If you can see this, this is just awesome. But yeah, there's some people who are not going to taper. Yeah. We're going to keep pushing pushing the envelope so that they get fitter and fitter and build momentum and then maybe rest a day or two before the race and then hit it. Yeah. So it all depends. Yeah, I think we kind of covered what we wanted to talk about there. But if you guys want us to dig into anything more, definitely let us know. And we're going to get wrapping this up. But I, being the beginning of race season, let's talk about just like where we're going to be right now as it is, where we're going to be this year for racing. Um our next up is Mendo. Mendocino 50K, April 23rd. Mm -hmm. We'll be up in Northern California. And then two weeks later, I'll be at Ironman St. George with Clark. May 7th. May 7th. Then we'll be on the cycling. Well, you'll be in Costa Rica for the yoga retreat, May 7th, right? That's when yep. it begins. Then we'll be on the cycling tour mm -hmm. uh, the week after... St. George. Maybe we'll be leading the charge. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We'll definitely be leading the charge on coffee. Yeah, you oh, will be. I'm oh, not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna try and I'm really share that. Try that water bottle thing. Share that throne with you. So that's May. And I think then, that's it for May, right? Yeah, nothing until July. July. I think it's July 10th or 11th. We'll be at Oregon 70.3, and then August uh, 20th is Kodiak 50K up in Big Bear that I'm running. And then three weeks later, we'll be in our man Santa Cruz, where we have a big contingency of yogi triathletes, uh, 20 plus. Athletes going to Santa Cruz. Yep. So if you want to jump on Santa Cruz, it's still open. If you want some coaching and be part of the, this amazing uh, community, uh, let us know. So that is September 11th. Yep. And then what's after that? Then Maui. We'll leave for Maui. Maui starts on September 28th. That's right. We'll be in Maui. And then Ironman World Championship. The 6th and the 8th of October. Mm -hmm. And then Ironman uh, 70.3 St. George World Championship. 28th and 29th. And then Ironman Arizona. September. No. Uh, November 20th, I want to say. Perfect. 
What a um, mate. Wow. What a- and then most certainly we'll be at Indian Wells 70.3, oh, yeah. at least spectating, if not racing, but most likely just going there to spectate. For sure. Um, I think that's it for now. Yeah, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to put anything else on my... <laughs> I think I'm, I'm full also, too. I'm also, you know, finishing <laughs> a book, which, you know, last year I did just short distance stuff, which was so great. Um, so I'm back to like 4 a.m. mornings, like an hour working on the edits, things like that. So that's still coming along. And then season three of the Awake Athlete podcast is also almost there. I think I've maybe just got like one more episode that I want to to record, but I'm going to include a couple meditations. Um, one of them is that I'm going to do an interval training for the mind, which is like one of my favorite things to do. So we do that with our bodies. Why wouldn't we do mm-hmm. that with our minds? Hello. So that's going to be coming in season three. Hope you guys tune in for that. I think that's it for today. Boom. We're going to smack down. Well, this is actually going to come out after the Oceanside podcast. So I wouldn't even... Yeah, let's just leave the ocean side for ocean side. Yeah, perfect. All right. All right. Peace. Oh, show. (laughs) Done.